We've made the move. We're on. What's going on? <laughs> I hope we're on. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's, it's Sunday. Sunday and we're on live. It's light outside. That's, it feels that's weird. It's very exciting. <laughs> but everybody's on a different time zone than we're normally live. So it's uh, great. Welcome, everyone who doesn't normally get to join us for a live show. Absolutely. We're very happy to have you. Uh, we have special guest today, we right? Do. Um, and the whole live stream is going to be dedicated to primarily talking about award-winning whiskeys, like the, the process that goes into making them, the process that goes into actually submitting them and earning those awards, and then what you can do with them once you have and them. Why do right? it? And, and why uh, you do it? Yeah. so we thought that a person that would be a great uh, person to talk to on our first live stream show would be Patricia Dillon. Someone who the, makes a lot of old whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and knows a little bit more than, than adults do. So if you don't know Patricia Dillon, she is the managing, managing director. director of Speyside Distillery and a keeper of the quake. Right. Um, so so we, to talk to her we were happy to meet her in Chicago Pre-COVID. Pre Was this um, been two years ago? At least 20 years ago. <laughs> it feels like it, right? Yeah. Um, so she's she's been gracious enough to uh, to join us today. So we'll be bringing her in in a little bit. Excited to catch up with Ab her. Really. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's an award-winning whiskey. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, I, I subscribe to what Whiskey Advocate, I believe. Um, that's the one I get. And obviously you see, you know, on all these bottles, you know, gold, metal, silver, what's all this really mean? And who's giving it out, right? I mean, I, hey, we pick a whiskey of the year, right? Right. So there's an award. Well, to me, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. it's, a, it's a tool, right? Yeah. When you walk into a wine store or, or a liquor store, that's, that's an easy thing that people put on the bottles. This is an award-winning wine or an award-winning whiskey. And they make a big deal of it because it helps people decide whether or not to pick up that bottle. Right. It um, does persu persuade them to, to reach so, for that. So bottle. it is a marketing tool. Yes. And the thing is, there's, there are many, many, many whiskey awards. There's um, the World Whiskey Awards. There's the San Francisco World Spirits Awards, Whiskey Magazine, um, Scottish Whiskey Awards, World Whiskey Masters, International Spirits Challenge, International Whiskey Competition, uh, the inter I think it's the International Whiskey and Wine and Spirit Competition. So there's lots of different don't, things. Don't forget the big one. Scotch for Scotch Dummies. Scotch for Dummies, Scotch for the Year. That's a tough one to get. But <laughs> essentially what, what it does for somebody that is exploring whiskey is it, it's somewhat of an independent eye of, a, of what's probably going to be good whiskey. Well, I would say, not, and I talked to you guys about it, I think there's three categories of, of these awards. Yes. And so it's important to recognize what's behind the, the award process. Right. So like for, for I would say, amateur awards, so like Scotch for Dummies, I don't know if we're amateurs or not, but, amateur. but our, our awards and, and a lot of other people's awards, Whiskey of the Year, these are people that try, like we try a lot of whiskeys. And so for us, but we're picking an award based on what we've had that year and yes. just some random categories. And obviously we're not professionals at this. Um, we're advanced amateurs, should we say. And then sure. you've got a category that I would say is, is publication. So like Whiskey Advocate, they're putting out their Whiskey of the Year awards, but caveat is there a bias? Like they've got marketing dollars involved in this. So, you know, I, I'm not going to cut out my biggest you know, yeah. financial stream by not putting any of their stuff in an award, right? Um, and then I think you've got some that are more industry level awards. There's blind tastings involved. So like the San, San Francisco um, International That's blind. Spirits Competition. Yeah. That's blind. Um, a lot of them have like advanced people that are tasting. But I also like to read through like, who's the judging panel? Right. You know, is there is there people from specific? Because I mean, I was reading through a couple of them and they they've got industry people from major distributors. Uh, so obviously they're going to be biased towards the brands that they carry. So, But it also comes in that you have to question, you know, when you see a bottle with an award, you're like, okay, well, who was it up against? Did, who, was, who was in competition? Because I read the results of some of these competitions and like doers won from top to bottom. You're like, was there anybody else that submitted a bottle? I mean, not That's saying that the question. Doers wasn't any good, but really, you won thirty out of thirty categories. It, it does seem like a significant, you know, ship. Yes. So I, I think that it's important to to look at those things. I personally am going to look at competitions where you've got good quality people that are doing the competition judging, um, and there's a few that they like. 
they throw in blind samples from you know previous competitions to make sure that they're judging them that's the same true, way every time that's, and consistently giving them cool. close to the same results. To me, that's an analytical tool, exactly. um, and, and it's a way for us to put a uh, a little bit more stock in what they're picking. But again, at the end of the day, everybody's palate is different. Whether you're trained to palate or not, it's subjective. It is all subjective. Yes, and, right. and some some of the I'm looking at one of the competitions earlier, and they listed their judges for the 2021 awards, and they're everyone from um, you know distillery managers to uh, the guy from Great Drams, one of the uh, YouTube channel and right. bloggers are part of the judging. So it is a wide range of judges that will judge us, and they will then judge against the criteria, and then they will award based on that criteria, and then if like so many get gold and then they move them into a, a kind of a subcategory that now all the golds get tested for master whiskey of the year. I so it's, it's kind of a process. It is somewhat independent in that you'll get a number regardless of what your rank is. And then once, what, then you can narrow it down into like um, best single malt or something like that later. And I mean, you can be a gold and not win anything else. But from a consumer standpoint, I'll say it does feel, you do feel a little bit, like you're getting something a little more special when it's got a gold, you know, it, this, this one, somebody I, else thought this was good. <laughs> I, I think it does give you some, some confidence that, you know, at least somebody thought that this was, right. was worthy of an award. Well, and it's not just one person either. It's, right. a, it's sure. a gathering of right. experts. Though. And I think the, the bigger the gathering, if it's three people, okay. If it's 20 people, maybe yeah. that's a little and more. And if it's blind, even more so, right. you know, it starts to build credibility yeah. based on how it was built. So, um, so we got uh, this guy uh, right here. And that's an award winner. This uh, is. Before we move forward with this guy, because I think we can't open this without uh, the woman who made it on the shelf. Well, first, uh, I wanted I, to did yeah, you get the super chat. Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, so so early before, actually before we were going to line, Gervin put in a super chat for us. I did want to make Thank a special you, shout out to everybody, though, and, and welcome yes. everybody to the show. You know, we jumped right into the topic really fast. We're super excited to see so many people on um, on this time slot. So we're anxious to see how this works. We've moved from Thursdays to Sundays now, so we're, we're excited to see some of our our European subscribers and viewers on at a time that's a little more appropriate for them, right? So Absolutely. Super stoked you're all here. And, and even Bobby J, you know, he can watch and he's not at work. So right. <laughs> right. anyway, we, yep. I wanted to say to you all out there in, in, in viewer land on the comments, as we walk through this interview with Patricia, if you guys have specific questions, Andrew's going to be monitoring the comments. And, and if there's some stuff out there that, you want to make sure you get in front of her. Hopefully, he'll he'll pull it out, and and we can. Yeah, you know, we, we should have time for a couple of your questions at the end of our interview. So. But with that being wait, said, wait, but one more set of question that came in earlier. There's only three of us here, died. Oh, oh wow, uh, we kicked Drew out. Yeah, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, let me say a word to that. Yeah. Right, Drew was not able to make it here. Um, he's got some personal things going with daughter's volleyball tournaments. Yep. Um, but. Uh, I got to tell you, I was pretty nervous. I felt like this was our first time, you know, I know. five minutes before, two minutes. I was like, I, something's just we've, not feeling good. We've done Thursdays for a long time. Right. And this feels a little weird. It yeah. does. I mean, we're not, yeah. it's not a normal thing. So we're going to get a little more into this as, as time goes on. But yeah, I'm sure. excited to be on the Sunday show. It should be a lot of fun. Right. So without further ado, what do you have in your hand? I have the Spay Fumari. Spay I went Fumari. and picked up a brand new bottle. Um, and... I want you guys to see, like, this is the nicest bottle. I mean, what was the price on this bottle? Uh, it's sixty, almost Three, seventy, yeah. yeah, sixty-five bucks, something like that. Um, so it comes in a nice tube, but it's it's wrapped in paper that's got the spade name on there, um, and the bottle itself is, I mean, it's a. It's, it's a beautiful bottle. It really is. And I definitely um, am excited to ask some questions about this specific bottle with Patricia. I mean, this is, it does say limited edition, limited release. So, but it's listed as a core range yep. bottle. So, just we'll get into some of that. Well, let's bring her in, and and she can tell us all about this That's thing. Right. Why, why are we talking to ourselves? So, <laughs> this is Patricia Dillon, managing director of Spayside Distillery, and keeper, keeper of, of the, the quake. quake. Hey there, Patricia. Hi. Everyone. How are things over the pond? Are you well? What's going on in your world? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I'm really well. I'm absolutely desperate to open my whiskey also, but I'm waiting for you guys. So, yeah, I'm well. Hello, I'm well, to my drum. 
Well, then, while we're doing this, while you're opening it and, and we're pouring it, tell me a little bit more about it because it, it's listed as a core bottle, part of the core range, but it also says limited release. So are you making this anymore? So um, we, it, the, our core range is the Tony, Tutina, Fumati, Chairman's Choice, and Royal Choice. Um, so they're in our core, um, core range, and we do limited releases of, like, I will bottle batches of them. So, like, I think that one will be 18,000, one of 18,000, maybe, on your label. Wow. Yeah, Let's see, bottle number 58 of 1,500. So that's, yeah. So we will do limited batch runs of it. So even though it's in the core range, we will do limited releases and all the bottles are numbered. I see. So do you, do you anticipate or do you experience some variation between the batch runs? Not particularly on the Fumari. Um, on the, um, the, the Tony, the Tony port finish, they can vary because it's got a port cast finish. So the um, color can, because it's all non-colored, non-trail right. filtered. So the tawny that. can vary in color. Um, uh, and the nose and taste is, is, you know, is the same, but the color mm -hmm. can change. But the Fumari stays similar. But in the core range, we also release age statements. So we will do a Fumari 12-year-old, or we will do Fumari um, cast strength. I want that one. Yeah. Yes. So we released batch one cast strength, which was eight casks married together um, with one cast strength. Um, oh. So even though we have the core range, we then bring out different types um, within that range. So age statement, single cask, cast strength. And oh. we're, we're going to be releasing out this summer um, the summer art range of the Fumari, which will be um, around about our artist in resident, Joanna McDonough. She will be, she's producing art to match the colors of our oh, whiskeys. Wow. Wow. And then awesome. we'll do a limited edition summer range. That's amazing. That is cool. So you guys have been really busy. Uh, the last time we saw you in Chicago, you were actually promoting the, the, those, those bottles, those range bottles. Um, but at that time, since then and now, so much has happened and so much has happened that is bad, like COVID slowed everything down. But you guys have really had to up your production. You've been busy. We have, yes. We have. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're in the process of building a new distillery, is that correct? So our current distillery can um, do up to about six eight hundred thousand liters so we're at full capacity just now so we're at finley alan finley our distillery manager is running full capacity and uh we just brought in two new additions to the the spay family uh, in distilling one of those chaps uh, martin he came from tomatin and he just joined our team yeah and ah, Martin yeah. was to Martin for a very long time. So we are delighted that Martin joined us. And um, we, yes, we are building a second distillery. And um, we have announced that we will be building a second distillery that will be able to do up to 2 million Ooh. liters. Wow. Uh, just over 2 million. Um, but we haven't released where it will be exactly <laughs> be in the Speyside region. Okay. Um, but we will start to release over time where, you know, more details, but for now, it's our secret. Is, is it going to produce the same labels, the same whiskey, or are you going to actually run a different uh, label, a whole other, another brand out of it? So when Speyside Distillery was share purchased in 2012, um, the, it was share purchased by... Um, John, the history coming from John Harvey McDonough and his family, and um, who had been in distilling for many years back to 1770. So um, the Spay brand was owned by um, the family and our company Harvey's. So um, naturally, what we wanted to do was um, expand Spay to the UK and international markets because it's extremely successful in Taiwan. 
right. 65% of our spay whiskey goes to Taiwan. So the spay, so the spay wow. brand, so the spay brand was launched in the UK and international markets, but had no presence at all before 2012, uh, 2012. So now we're in 32 countries. Right. So the new distillery will be producing spay whiskey. So we have a codex. We make our whiskey in a certain way. And again, we like to keep that secret. And <laughs> Just give a little tip. Right. Yeah. And as you guys know, our distillery is not open to the general public. Mm -hmm. right. So our new distillery will be making whiskey in the same style, in the same traditions. And it will be very much an artisan distillery and very much keeping with the landscape and taking forward, you know, being very careful about, um, you know, the environment. Right. And, you know, I'll be very environmental friendly. Um, mm -hmm. But there's, you know, more will come out. But no, we will have the speed brand. Yes. Yep. That's interesting. That that kind of, I had another follow-up question, but I don't know if it even matters now, because if you were going to run different spirit out of there, I was going to wonder is to keep that new distillery up and running for the first few years, since it can't really make its own money for the first few years, if, if the spay distillery was going to be the one, you know, the spay brand is going to carry it for those first three or four years until you can start bottling. But if you're going to be producing that same spirit out of it, it's definitely going to be carrying it. It's uh, interesting. And you're going to, you're going to go from six to 800,000 to 2.6 to 2.8, somewhere in that neighborhood. So, so we will do some graduation of it, but we are, again, we will start releasing out information as time goes on. Okay. But that is good questions you asked um, in relation to, you know, the production side. We will be making single malt whiskey. We won't be making grain. It's okay. single malt scotch whiskey. And when you hear more details, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's really exciting, but we just can't tell. I mean, really, really. And we, you know, maybe we can have in the future another one of these um, sessions really where I can tell you more. But right now, it's it's so exciting for um, single scotch, single malt scotch whiskey. Um, but that's what we'll be making. And um, we have just been awarded... Um, for our single cask, single malt, Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, we were awarded the best whiskey in the world. And yeah. if you look at your tasting yeah. notes there, you yeah. will see that. Yeah. Now that whiskey, I, select, I personally selected that cask. And that cask that won the best in the world at the World Whiskey Awards 2021 mm -hmm. was our Chitina. That I have here. Now, our Chitina is the pure Speyside malt. So that's our pure Speyside malt. It's not been finished in any other cask other than bourbon. Um, it's spent its life in bourbon. It was a 2015. So this is the pure Speyside single malt that we make, and it just won the best whiskey in the world single cast. It really is the best representation of, of your distillate, of the whiskey you make. It's not been, I don't want to use the word tainted, but it's not been influenced by other finishes or anything. This is pure what you make out of your distillery and sits in a bourbon barrel. So we're really going to get to the heart of what you make. And that's it. The one that just won the award is the hat. And that's our codex. That's how we make our whiskey. And that whiskey will be made in the same way and the same traditions at our new distillery. All right, so I got a question for you. This won a, a, a big award. Now, did you make that bottling specifically to win an award, or were you working on a, a new concept, a new type of whiskey that you kind of wanted to, then if this works, then you could expand it? Or what, what's kind of the, the process that goes into creating that single cask bottling? So Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, um, James Campbell um, came to meet us many years ago, maybe seven years ago, myself and John Harvey McDonough, who is the chief executive and the family history behind um, Spey. And um, we wanted to get involved in Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival. And every year, I personally select a cask for the festival. Okay. 
um, and this one this year one. But what we do is I select casks for that I believe the consumers will enjoy. So we make whiskey, when you ask about awards, we don't make whiskies to think that's going to win an award. We make whiskey the way we make it. it. It starts in the distilling process when we have a wonderful distillery manager and a great team of distillers and one that's been there since the distillery was built and he's 74 and he still <laughs> makes the whiskey at the distillery full time. So we make these wonderful whiskies and then what we do is we look at what the consumers enjoy what the consumers like we listen we do whiskey tastings and then we create we finish our whiskies um in different styles um in different cask finishes and if they win awards fantastic but we make whiskey first and foremost for the consumers for ourselves for the satisfaction of these wonderful whiskies and then because the whiskies are so good and <laughs> spend so much time in cask finish and expense of cask finish, they naturally are winning awards. Right. Very, very good. Do so, you find, I, I was kind of curious because most of your whiskies are sold in, in Taiwan and, and some of the Eastern markets and Andrew's traveled over there a fair amount. It seems like the whiskies over there are a, a lighter style whiskey. Do you feel like your whiskies are just naturally good in that market because they're some of them are a lighter style, or do you cater to that particular clientele and think about that when you're producing your whiskey? Well, in Taiwan, um, this our space single malt, the highest selling um, in the range is Spay Royal Choice and Spay Chairman's Choice, which right. are darker mm. um, and they're a different really? strength. Whereas the Tony Trutina Fumari, they sell higher volumes in the UK and the rest of the world outside of Taiwan. So Europe likes the non-coloured, non-chill filtered 46%. The US likes um, non-coloured, non-chill filtered. The US, we've been finding like an age statement. They quite like yeah. to have age statements and cast finishes. So. Uh, the Taiwan was a very established market before we took over Speyside Distillery and we bought our whiskies from other distilleries. So now we have our own distillery for the last nine years. And this is why we um, made it the way we do now. And um, Taiwan is more, you know, they're, they're more darker whiskies, more richer in colour. Oh, but whereas the Tony, Trutina, Fumari um, are more Europe, US, oh. other countries outside of um, outside of um, Asia. So are, are all of your core uh, ranges available in all, all 32 countries or do you have certain ones that go to certain countries? So um, we, we work on allocation. So, um, so I'll produce batches of whiskey and then we will, um, my, my amazing I have, you know, an amazing team. We wouldn't be where we are without the whole Spay family. Of course. Yeah. Um, and um, my colleague, um, she works very strongly and goes out to the markets with allocation of so much volume per, per market. Okay. So some have it, some don't. It just depends how quickly they take their allocation because if they don't take it quick enough, it goes to another market. Right. So basically, uh, um, at the moment, the demand is outstripping what we've got available. Okay. Right, that's that's the scary part. It's the new distillery. Yes. Well, well, and so so I'm not familiar with the term allocation, so you're gonna have to educate me a little bit on this. So you will make a batch of whiskey, and then based on some criteria, each country will be allocated a certain quantity. And if that is not purchased by distributors in that country, it moves to the next distillery or next country. How does that? Is that how it works? So what we do is, um, if we're doing a batch of so many, um, we yeah. will give an allocation across them all. No one gets left out. Every one of our distributors are so important. So everyone gets the same. However, some uh, markets take more volume than others. So my colleague, Karnano, will um, distribute it out, or not, sorry, allocate it out. And then if the market is not taking that allocation, another market saying, please, can I have it? and we will give it to them. 
Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but it does sound like at least there's opportunity to see all of your core ranges in a particular market. Because we did have a question. Someone wanted to know if Tutino was in the U.S. Um, and I can't recall whether I've ever seen it. I, I have not seen it. We've had obviously Fumari, and then we had the Tene. Tony. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, but I don't... so for someone who's listening, hello. Yeah. <laughs> we have Tutina um, in the U.S. through our importer. Um, whether there's stocks still available, I'm not sure. Um, but we do have Chitina in the US. Oh, okay. The top Chitina Fumari. But what's really good about the US is you're now 70 CL bottles. Yes. Yes. We had you're the first one to actually mention it. We had a show about that, but nobody's talking about it. Is that well, important to you? Extremely important for the consumers because we are an a smaller artisan distillery. If we are doing a limited edition, very limited edition age statement with only eight casks being bottled at cast strength, um, unless the US is taking higher volumes it, when it's different packaging, different labels, it's much more expensive for the US to import it. But now it's 70 CL, it's much easier because the tubes are a different size. Right. So it's much easier. I'm excited That's, about that. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of smaller distilleries that are going to take advantage of that. And I think as consumers, we're going to benefit from it because it's going to be easier for you and, and hopefully easier for us to acquire some, as a consumer, some labels we haven't seen. Th this is a, a really timely question that we got from Tamar. He wants to know if there'll be a Madeira finished bottle just for the Chicago market. <laughs> Tom is in Chicago and really likes Madeira. Hi, Tom. That's a really good question. And actually, Penderin do a really beautiful um, uh, Madeira cask finish, uh, the Welsh whiskey company, Penderin. Um, and I've always been very interested in the Madeira. Um, right now, I am playing with eight different styles of cask finish. Wow. Two of them are going to be released this year, but they're not Madeira. But I will, I am seriously considering Madeira, but for the moment, um, it's not, you know, on on the list for now. Not on the radar. So, yeah, when you're talking about how, how you do the cask finishes, this may be a great time to ask, like, how do you produce the, uh, the 10A versus the Fumari versus, do you, Start with, I mean, I know the Fumari doesn't start with the same spirit, but do you start with the same spirit in the in your bourbon barrels for so many years and then you rotate them into those finishes or what, what is your kind of process to do that? Uh, good question. So the, the let's take the Tony cask finish. Yep. Um, so we, it depends on, again, is the age. So for example, um, is, we put it normally in for a year. So let me give you, show you something. This All is, right. Hopefully the viewers will find interesting. Um, yep. I've just had this delivered to me. So this here, if you can see the color. Yeah, wow. it's a beautiful. So this really is the, um, so this color here is our pure spay tutina. So this is our house spay side single malt. So this whiskey was in a cask for to, to, from 2015. So that this here was um, went into a cask of bourbon, um, a bourbon cask in 2015 at this color. Very, well, lighter than this, obviously, new make spirit. And then what happened is um, in two about 2000 and that's a 15. So about 2013, 14, that whiskey was put into Tony Port cask, and now it's this color after just about a year and a half. Wow. But sometimes it takes the colour much quicker. It depends if it's a first fill or a second fill. So this is first fill. So that colour would have been, been in there six to eight months. But I normally leave it for about a year and a half before, year, year and a half before I bottle it. So this one here is a 2015. And I'm going to do a special edition bottling of this this year. But to, to, to change the question a little bit, do all of your whiskeys, aside from the peated versions, because those are going to be different, start with the same core distillate, same mash bill, same? Is well, it's it, all single malt. Okay, so, well, but I mean, different cuts. I mean, it, so all words, of our whiskeys, yeah, yeah. 
They yeah. do. So to answer, our Speyside single malt is all made with the exact same codex. It's all made the exact same way. So it goes in as a very, very sweet new make spirit. And when you come over to the distillery, hopefully soon, yes. because you missed yeah. the trip last June, when you come over, you can taste that. It's a very sweet. So it goes into um, casks. So we've been buying our uh, wood from Kelvin Cooperage in Kentucky. Ah. Um, and we've got different different casks, but we bought from Kelvin Cooperage in Kentucky. So um, we put it into the wood, and then that is our core Speyside single malt. We then, and that's the Trutina, which right. is this one here, our Trutina. So that spent its full life in bourbon. And then yeah. from from there, those others you might finish from there to make the other ranges is what you're saying. At least they all start with that same sweet new make spirit. Yeah, exactly. And what we find when, when we do because of lockdown, my colleague Paul Dempsey has been doing online virtual tastings, and what the feedback we get back from those is all your different whiskies you have, all all the core range and the expressions. You still get the original Tutina, the original Space Eye coming through. You've not overpowered it. You haven't overpowered it. And that's what we don't want to do. We want people to nose, you know, we would like you to taste Tutina, the pure Space Eye, then taste the Tawny and get the Tawny port cast finish. But you can still have the, the nose, you know, the essence of the original Space Eye right. single malt. Which is what I would think you would definitely right. want. You want to keep the spirit characteristics there. Because some, I think, go a little... There's some distillers that I won't name that go a little crazy on on the finishing. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you end up with something that that maybe isn't quite recognizable as as the distillery. So I, I did want to bring in this comment from Stuart. I think he made uh, Stuart's mouth start watering with Trutina. And so he, he opened it and said, like, oh, yeah, I need, I need batch two. <laughs> oh, yeah, Trutina, batch the one. The cast drink. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, actually, um, from Stuart, from Stuart, there, um, if my memory serves me right, I think that batch one and batch two might be sold out. Uh oh. Um, batch three, um, maybe not, but that's something one of my colleagues would be able to check. But I, mm -hmm. I, I do believe batch one is totally sold out, and most likely batch two. However, um. You're welcome to contact me and we can see what can be done for you. There you go. Nice. It's always who you know. I think he's on your side of the water too. <laughs> yeah, so he might is. jump in the car. <laughs> so Patricia, we've been talking about uh, whiskey awards earlier before we brought you in. Yeah. What's the process that Speyside goes through in deciding which competitions to enter? Do you guys enter like every competition you can think of, or are there some that are more prestigious than others that you would much rather enter your whiskeys in and possibly win an award? Well, um, what we do is Paul Dempsey, my colleague who's worked with me for six years, who's, you know, he's been highly commended um, uh, himself receiving that award. And he's also a judge in the Concord de Mondial. So I'm very lucky to have Paul as part of our Spay family. And I work very closely with Paul on what awards we want to choose to enter and what whiskies we want to enter into, into those awards. But uh, we're very, very selective. And we, we go for awards that we know there's a good panel, a cross panel of experts and very experienced people to... Um, that have good palates and good knowledge um, and that that's how we normally enter them and it's particularly through Paul. That's interesting so you don't just blindly throw out samples for every competition out there you're selective about <laughs> and, and I, I don't blame you for you. that's no. good to hear because there are some awards that they're just trying to get free liquor. I mean, I... <laughs> well, and I think that there's some that even when I go as a consumer into the store, I'm like, I've never heard of this competition right, before. This. Uh, so I don't put a lot of stock into it. I would much rather look at, at like, you know, a bottle of Spay and you've got awards on there and, and they're from competitions that I have heard of and that I acknowledge as having, you know, I've got experience buying bottles that they've awarded. True. They've all been good. So now I feel comfortable as a consumer 
purchasing this whiskey, you know, kind of with that in mind, I guess. So I, yeah. 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 And you guys have their, the taste and notes and you can see the awards that the whiskeys have won, the multi awards, but they're all very well recognized and well respected awards. Um, and those are the ones that we tend to, to enter into. Yeah, this, this Fumare, uh, International Spirits Challenge 2020 Gold Scotch for Dummies 2019 Scotch of the Year. Yep. I'm just, There's nothing better than that. It's not <laughs> International Whiskey Competition 2018 Best Single Malt Speyside. Uh, Best Peated Whiskey 2018. So it, it's funny, when I looked at the core range, I mean, all of them together, there's really a lot of awards. You guys have really been very successful with every one of the core range bottles. Um, but I just, I guess I want to keep my eyes open for those two choice bottles because I've never seen those. I, I really would like to try the Royal Choice. Uh, it sounds really good, but it doesn't have an age statement. So I wonder if it doesn't, it's not as well received here in the States, according to your Well, um, it's, it's actually in the States and the Royal Choice has two ages in it. One of it's 2001. Nice. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All so right. I, it sounded delicious when I read the tasting notes. I'm like, that's the one I want to try. I have to keep my eye open for that. Yeah, we'll look for it. So I'll I, tell you. I'll tell you a secret, but don't tell anyone. It's between us four. Not that anyone's listening or anything. No. <laughs> no. Um, but my husband's personal favorite is Royal Choice. Really? Wow. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 it sounds like it would be my favorite. Although I have to tell you, it's been a while since I've had the Fumari, and I'm quite enjoying it. I, I am as well. It is a very relaxed peated dram that just doesn't. It's not overpowering. It's really. I, I like the balance of the sweet and, right. the, and the peat in there. I mean, it's, and I think that you do get some of that spay character coming through, but it, the peat is very nice in it. It's. It's not so let me, can I tell you a story about um, those the tasting notes? And maybe it'd be good, you know, for you guys to share our tasting notes. I, I've, I've sent sure. them to you, should anyone who's watching want to, to get them in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a fantastic day. I went to, you know, Charles McLean? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Personally. So I think <laughs> Charles is just an amazing, wonderful human being and a great connoisseur of whiskey. So myself and John McDonough and John's wife, Joanna McDonough, our artist in residence, we went to um, Charlie's home. Well, because he was going to do the tasting notes for the Tony Tutina Fumani. Well, what an afternoon that was. It was mm -hmm. fantastic. We, we were at his home, we drank these wonderful whiskeys, and it's a day I will never forget. Just absolutely fantastic. It sounds fun. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, we, we can probably put the um, a link to the tasting notes in the comment or in the description. Description. Yeah. On on the yeah feed later. We'll yeah. Put them we up there right so now, but, and by we we mean Drew. Yeah, that's what. We're <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> Drew's going to do that. Yeah. Now, I, there are a couple of questions that actually um, go directly into that question or what we just spoke of. And let me get back up here. Uh, it was from Everwind, and oh no, we're running out of time. Um, oh, looks like we lost the. Lost we might have lost the. All right, so Everwind asked, um, "Do we? Ha do you have tips for us when? So we're getting ready to do a a blind challenge, a a blenders blind. Yeah, challenge. our patrons are competing against each other to blend, make their own blend to send to us for a blind challenge test, and we'll pick the winner. I'm yeah, sorry. we'll pick the winner. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And so uh, Everwind wanted to know. Do you have recommendations for us on the best way to kind of do that blind tasting and, and um, kind of pull out all the details of each person's blend to better analyze them? Ooh, so so what you're doing guess, is you you are you blending the whiskeys? Are you taking different people's whiskeys and putting them together? They well, are. They, they are. are. So, so what we have is we have some some uh, viewers that, that will take whiskeys from their bar and they will create a blend for us. And then they're going to send them to us and they're going to compete against each other. We will blind taste the 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 winner. So we're going to blind challenge them. So what your question is? is how do you judge them or how? Do yeah, you that, essentially, them? I guess that's the question. Is how do how do you evaluate whiskey um what, what kind of what's your so I, don't, I don't normally blend different people's whiskeys all together yeah i understand 
So what? Um, so let me tell you what I do do. Yeah. Um, so here I'm going to show you. I've got all different whiskies here. Actually, um, so I was looking to choose. This is all different whiskey samples, different colors, yeah, different right. noses, different textures. There's a 1990 sherry. So oh. um, when mm. we were looking to release our um, new limited editions into the core range that will be coming this year, um, I sent, so it was myself, John McDonough, his father's involved, our distillery manager and our brand ambassador, commercial manager, Paul. So I made up five tasting packs blind and sent them to their home because we've got to be virtual at the moment. And we did blind tastings. So they blind tasted all these whiskies for us to choose what we felt would be the next best releases. So all I can say to you is that you just have to go and, and taste them and nose them. You can't, there's not a, there's not a certain way or technique and everyone has different views and opinions of what they may be. And um, they, you know, I mixed, um, I had took our peated malt and I mixed it in a, a, in a cast finish. And we've never done that before. I'm giving away a secret here. Um, and I mixed it in a cast finish and they were playing around with it and then they got it. So um, there's not really any particular way that I could tell you apart from just to do it blind and, and hope for the best. Okay. So, yeah. do, do you automatically add water? Do you start on the cast strength and then dilute them down over time? What What is kind of your process for, for tasting whiskey? So when I sent the whiskeys to Paul and John and um, Finlay and we did our tasting, we tasted it um, without water straight away, neat. Mm -hmm. North, okay. yep, and then one nose, yeah, you know, get the nose, the color, and then what we would do is let it settle. So we taste the pure spirit first, then we would add a drop of water to release it, and then we would nose taste again. So we never put water in it, no way. At first, what we do is we put the spirit in, nose taste let it settle then we would score it and then we would put water in it and we would then let it open up to nose it to smell it and to taste it but just a drop of water and then we normally add in a little more water and then do it again three times we do it okay oh, wow. that's great you know and that, that's we've started to to learn that method of do it neat Add a little bit of water. Now we typically, I typically add a little more than a drop. So it's interesting to, to hear your perspective on that, how it, it changes. Just a drop is enough to change it. That's that's amazing. Honestly, I think we've all run into it when we're doing it. We'll, I, I, I'll keep pushing my luck with it uh, until I've overwatered it. I, in other words, I'll put a little water and go through that process, add a little more water. And then usually I'll find the tipping point where that was too much water. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it, changed it so much where I, I don't I think I lost it but yeah. uh, it's fun to hear your process on that because from what I understand back to the scoring on the awards some of these competitions will water their spirit down to a certain percentage for all the whiskeys across before they're scored is that something that you've heard of I'm not sure how that works, but Paul Dempsey, when you get Paul on this, because I know you're going to do that in the future, who will be a fantastic guest. He's just <laughs> a wonderful, he, he hosts tasting so well. Um, and um, he does all over festivals as well. All over festivals, all over the world is Paul. And he with some other people. Um, but Paul um, would be able to tell you more about how they do it in the competitions because um, he's got good knowledge of that. And he's also a judge himself in Concord de Mondial. Okay. Um, I had a quick question on yep. a not great note. Um, so the U.S. imposed tariffs. Thank you. I was going to bring On up. single malt scotch whiskey, which infuriated everybody at this bar at least. Yeah, I think it infuriated uh, you too. <laughs> And they've put a pause on it. Have you heard how the negotiations are going? Are they going to be leaving those tariffs off? Are they changing in any way? Should we go out to the store and buy up a bunch of scotch? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Um, so yeah, it was a big, you know, it it was it was hard. Um, it affected us and our importer. Um, we had produced a lot of volume, and it was on the floor for America. Mm. But um, twenty five percent is a big hit. It is. So, um, you know, and that was very difficult. So our importing into America was down to very low. So what happened was, um, you know, Scotch Whiskey Association? Yes, of course. So um, I'm not sure if you know, but I'm on council of Scotch Whiskey Association. I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, um, Scotch Whiskey Association, have done an outstanding job of um, working on having the tariffs removed. Right. I worked alongside council and we campaigned very hard, especially our friends and colleagues at Scotch Whiskey Association, led by the chief executive, Cam Bates. Yep. They campaigned with government here at the US, Biden administration now as well. So there is a freeze for four months and we are hopeful that we that will lead to a lift. Um, Liz Trust in the UK has worked so hard on behalf of our Scotch whisky industry to have these removed. So the fact that they're frozen is good. Yes. And we're hopeful they'll be removed. But at, at, at the moment, we don't know whether they will or will not. Fingers are crossed on that yeah. because we don't we're we're ready for that to go away. It actually it took a little while to hit our shelves initially, but now that it's there, I just hope that it goes back down a little bit after the, you know. Well, it affected a lot of people that we know in the industry. True, yeah. Um, people that, that got laid off or lost their jobs because there just wasn't right. enough business to support them anymore yeah, in, brand, in this market. Yeah, and brand so. ambassadors that couldn't go do tastings, that couldn't do whiskey festivals, so that, so, you know. It, it was, awesome. 2020 was yeah, a rough and our, our distillery manager was coming over to the US and we had a lot planned for the year and it doesn't happen yeah. between that and COVID and Brexit. It's just not be good. It was bad. Uh, Which, has that affected your um, your plans for the U.S. market? Have you kind of put things on hold that you might have been moving forward with just to see how the, the tariffs play out in the future? Uh, no. Well, it did at first, yeah, but we've got more volume moving over there now. And especially since it's the 70 CL, because um, at the moment, because it's frozen and also because you're on 70 CL bottles, then that's made a huge, and there's there's actually a shipment on, it's going over very shortly back over to, through our importer Quest Brands. I haven't seen that's the good. 70 CL bottle on a US shelf Not yet. yet. but I know they're coming. I know it's it's approved and everything, but I haven't seen one myself. We'll, uh, we'll be on the lookout for them for sure. Though. I have to say, I wish it would have gone the other way. I wish you all would have changed to 750. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the balls are cheaper now. But uh, <laughs> I, I'll take it. I, I think that it's absolutely. great. I, I'm very excited. Tom had an interesting question, and I'm very, uh, I want to ask it because I buy a lot of independent bottlings. Um, but do you, are you guys open to selling casks to independent bottlers? So let's say Gordon and McPhail or SMWS um, or uh, Single Cask Nation wants to acquire a cask of whiskey from uh, of Spay. Would you? Are you open? Do you guys sell casks to independent bottlers? I know some distilleries, <laughs> absolutely not. We don't sell in any single casks of of so no one. Wow. That's exclusive. That, yeah, that makes it uh, well, because they can sell it. Really, they can. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so you're already so the Sp demand. Speyside Distillery doesn't sell any single casks to anyone individually. Uh, you know, in the future, it's different with New Make Spirit. That's a different thing altogether. But oh, that, sure. Uh, and and when um, you know on New Make Spirit. We would be contracted very strictly to what we, you know, you can and can't do with the spirit. But um, with regards to single cask investment and people buying single cask from the distillery, no. But that doesn't mean to say with the new distillery we might not consider that. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. saying no, 
or yes. We, we. <laughs> so I do want to get to some of the some of the viewer questions because there's some great ones in here. Number one, uh, James would like to some um, spay in Sweden. Apparently, that's difficult to get in there. But well, they, we he, actually we we do have um, a partner in Sweden, and we we ship spay to Sweden. Yep, um, we have my colleague that looks after that market. Um, yep, we have volume in Sweden off the top of my head. I don't know what that is, but if um, your viewer would like to get in contact with me, I'll, I'll definitely pick them up with, with, with the people. Uh, Pranav has the same question for India. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to know where they can get your Where restaurant. can I get some? I want some of that. <laughs> um, I'm afraid we're not in India yet. However, for several years, we've, um, we've spoke to different people. Um, I was in Dubai. A few years ago, meeting um, Indian importers, um, but we've not yet found the right partner. But at the moment, my colleague Paul is speaking to a couple of people in India. So watch this space. But for now, we've not had the right partner. Okay. All right. So this is a good one. Jeff Timmy's a quite the whiskey kind of sword. He had some questions about um, a good Ed, friend of ours. So Ed Cole had talked about the 18 year old being discontinued. Should, should, he, should he open it or should he keep I, it? I, I would say hang on to that really tight because yep, it's discontinued and for now I have no plans of releasing again. So oh, Jeff, okay. Jeff lives in our, our neck of the woods. I will say, Jeff, hold on to it until I get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that seems fair. That seems fair. Yeah, that's a uh, good one. I Actually, Patricia, I had a, a quick question about your new distillery. Um, yeah. So you're ramping up all of this production. Um, number one, I, I know that a lot of distilleries are, are trying to be more uh, environmentally friendly with their with their practices. And I, from what I've heard, it's really hard to retrofit an old distillery to make it more environmentally friendly. And you had mentioned that you were trying to do some more ecologically friendly things with the new distillery. Has that been kind of a driving so, yeah. principle on it? Or, oh, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, are that, there that will be very important to us, yeah, for sure. Um, it will be a sustainable environment friendly. You know, we will... We are. We will spend a lot of time on getting getting it right, but to try and keep it as traditional, looking as traditional, producing as traditional. But when you hear more about the location and where it is, you'll understand that we we'll be able to do that. Okay, and then since you're ramping up your production so much, how do you? I assume that you have to plan on all of these additional barrels. And the storage and the aging for them is that part of the facility that you're planning or is that i, wow. I don't know if that's an easy get um you know to get storage facilities for the barrels yeah. or um if you've planned that ahead as well yeah so we yes we have and all those secrets will come out over time. <laughs> wow. See, I'm, I'm trying to pry in from the edge yeah okay. so so if you want to if you want to be an exclusive uh, unveil, <laughs> unveil certain information. This would be a great opportunity. I'm not ready for that. I do want to call out a super chat yep. to Highland. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I, we appreciate that. That, yep. that helps keep the lights on. Yep. But thank it's you. an interesting question, Sean had, because it's not just about building a distillery and buying some stills and start making you make. It's like uh, you've, uh, you've got to go into contracts about acquiring more casks and more dunnage space and, and the whole chain, the whole supply chain, the logistic chain from A to Z. So it's just, uh, even though there's not many details that have been released and you can't do that, there's there's been a lot of details that have probably kept you up, you know, thinking oh about- Oh my God, I can't imagine. What a, a puzzle to put together from, and, but with that being said- I, I, you, think, I think your biggest thing with your whiskey when you're building a new distillery is, location you know it, where is it going to be what is the water source that's what because i was saying whiskey is whiskey our speyside distillery um we draw from the river tromi from a lake and it goes into a lake and it's pure i mean you've seen the videos on my facebook yeah. page and you know look at the clear you you know you put it in and it looks like clear water into a glass so we draw off 
um, from Tromi, which attributes straight its first to the River Spey. Mm -hmm. So the water source is so important. And then, as we know, it's the pure ingredients of single malt, which is the yeast and the barley stroke malt. So um, that's what makes the award-winning Chitina that we've got, our house one. But the, the most important thing when you're looking for a new distillery, the number one most important thing is what is the water source, where are you getting the water? Because that will really tell the story on the whiskey. Without it, you can't have the whiskey, right? Today's <laughs> rain is tomorrow's whiskey. Uh, <laughs> cheers to that. Exactly. So we have our, our fourth our fourth dummy actually has joined us on the uh, chat, Drew. And he actually has a question. He wants to know with how do you come up with the bottle designs? Because this is very unique. This is not doesn't look like the rest of the no, bottles on the shelf. So the bottle design was by John Harvey McDonough. So John um, designed that bottle over 20 years ago. Wow. Wow. And if you look at the side of the bottle, so the chap that's um, currently um, drinking, oh. you've got um, you've got a viewer who is drinking batch one of oh, the Chitina. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you look at the side of the bottle, you'll see his father's signature on the bottle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. It's it's raised. I can feel it. It's yeah. cool. And then there's yep. But it's it's it, it, to me it, it's got a little bit more of an elegance than most Scotch it's, it's bottles tall, because of the yeah. ribbon. It's taller. It is thinner. It's it it just stands out as different. And then it, you you were watching from the green room when he opened it, but the packaging you know it's wrapped in a a, a paper and it's just it's it, different. It's a great bottle. It stands out, and the price point is actually really fair here in the states as far as you know a different value. Well, we just we felt that. We don't want to compromise, you know, we, with the consumers. Like even when we bring out um, batch, like we have Fumani or Chutina, and we bring out Fumani, the core Fumani, 46%. Then we bring out an age statement. Then we bring out the batch cast strength. We always keep the price very level. We don't escalate because it's a batch or, you know, we, we try to keep it, you know, and we don't compromise in, on the quality of the whiskey or the packaging. I mean, if you look at that, you know, that bottle right now, that's, these are put on by hand. This isn't automated. This is all put on by hand. Man, oh man. <laughs> I'm looking for a job, Patricia. I'm looking for a job. I don't know if you need to be I think I've actually got the best job in the world. For sure. much we, so. we won't we, argue with you on that. No, you're, you're not going to get an <laughs> argument. But uh, are, are we wrapped up with the uh, the, the comments? I, I, I think so. I think that well, we answered yeah. most of the questions. So of course, that's great. Scotch has a great Scotch on the body has a great comment. Hit the like button. Um, it was a great show. I, I can't question that. Great discussion. Love hearing about the the inner workings. I know you did have a slide for us though. That we didn't ever get to about how you make <laughs> oh, your whiskey. Uh, the geek so, wants to see so, the slides. So I'm I'm a biochemical engineer by training and education and, and work. And so how the whiskey is made is one of the most interesting things for me to understand. You know, I, I know you can't what? that's for another show. And what I'll also that will be our distillery manager. You will, you know, that will be a great show. Okay, geek out. fair enough. But also, when you come over to the distillery, you can help us in the process. I would love it. that. Oh, my God. We'll I'm never gonna, get him out. I, right. I'm not leaving. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to wrap things up, we want to lighten it up a little bit. No, it's not like oh, this yeah. has been a, a hard oh, yeah. discussion. It's been very fun and, and interesting. And I think uh, everyone's gotten a lot out of it. But part of our, our moving forward with guests <laughs> is we, we want to, not only just for us, but for our viewers, get to know the personality behind the whiskey. In other words, we want to know more about, about you aside from the whiskey. So we're going to put you in the hot seat for five questions. Um, hopefully it's fun. It's Don't be stressed out. You've had a couple of drams. You should be relaxed <laughs> enough to answer these. But uh, go for All it, right. Sean. All right. So, Patricia, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were little? I actually, when I was a very small girl, um, my father drank a lot of whiskey and I was brought up round about whiskey with my family 
and I wanted to I wanted to be a singer, but I wasn't good enough to sing because I used to sing to my dad and my uncles while they were drinking whiskey, but I my voice wasn't good enough. Give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so uh, you've obviously traveled quite a bit for your job. Is there a favorite city or country that you visited that just really stands out in your mind? Well, there was this time I went to Chicago. and oh, I, met oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say that my heart's in Taipei and Taiwan. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. How I often... feel it's my second home because we have offices there um, in Taipei and Xiamen in China. Our brand is very strong in Asia and um, it's where our Spay family are in Taipei. We have over 60 people over there and uh, it's my second home. Wow. Cool. Prior to COVID, did you travel over there quite a bit? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Interesting. Um, so when you aren't drinking whiskey, What's your favorite drink? Uh, wine. Wine. So you have a soft spot for wine, huh? Well, and I think that kind of shows when we're doing like the Tawny or I can't tell you about the new release. Well, I can't. Really, <laughs> uh, we've got new releases coming out and they're, um, I like sherry and I like wine. Very good. Nice. Very right. good. That's um, good to know. What's your favorite whiskey memory? Do you have a, a memory about whiskey, around whiskey, that just stands out? I think one of, do you mean memory or most enjoyable? Either yes. or. Either or. That's up to you. So it depends what we, I mean, one of the, the nicest moments I had was in my office in Glasgow, um, Colin Hampton White who you may not know, but he's just a, a wonderful person and he's a writer and he's um, he, he really is an, an amazing writer of all things whiskey and wines and all different things. And Colin Hampton White came to visit me and coincidentally that day we were drawing off the, um, we were going to do the very, we were going to bottle the very first cast um, Cast 27 from the very first distillate. So Speyside Distillery's first distillate was in 1990. And we were drawing off the sample to nose and taste it. And it was like creme brulee. And it was so exciting because, you know, this was the very first cast that we were going to bottle from the first distillate. So um, I took it upstairs and I shared that with Colin Hampton White. And that's a memory I'll never, ever forget because it was the most beautiful, creamy, creme brulee, very first time we had drawn out to bottle the oh, first cast from the first distillate. <laughs> that's cool. And it was that's a three-year-old. That's huh? amazing. Uh, that was only, um, so it was a 1990, and I drew that off five, about five years ago. Wow. Oh, wow. So that, that's, that's like, it's like, a baby being born. I mean, right, it, yeah. quite honestly, it is. It, it, it's Every how many years? And do you know that Speyside Distillery still have casks from their first distillate? So we, in 1990, they, they bottled, uh, they, they made 27 casks at Christmas because they just, you know, ran off. That was their first distillate yeah. at the end of the year. And there was 27 casks and we still have a lot of those. Oh, and that's that amazing. Cask, that cask with Colin Hampton White was the first we had ever, the one and only that we've ever bottled here in, for the international markets. Wow. So that's my best memory was that whiskey. That's a great memory. That is a great memory. That's a good question. <laughs> one of those may be like a Scotch for Dummies barrel. To be on so single cask. So, oh. Mark, you got the last question. Last question. So, last question. It's really simple. I'm trying to find out if you're optimistic or pessimistic. Is the glass half full or half empty? Well, anyone who knows me, they know it's always half full. I'm always, <laughs> there is, I'm always half full, happy, and always, always half full. No matter what happens, there's always whiskey. Amen. Cheers. Cheers. Patricia, it has been a joy, a, a wonderful, pleasant time. Um, it's so good to see you and, and learn a lot about what's been going on since the last time we saw you uh, two years ago in Chicago. We do hope you're coming back when you can come back. And yes, we are still 
planning to come knock on the distillery's door when we're able to. So hopefully Absolutely. we're bringing 25 of these uh, viewers. That's what we were going to do this. Yep. yep. And that's what we're planning to do when we actually make it there. Yep. So. so thank you so much. Um, we're looking forward to having other guests on. And you said you've got a couple lined up for us that might uh, get us into this guy's geeky world of, of distillation. Yep. So we'd um, love to talk to him. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask you before we go, was there any more questions we didn't, you know, trying to think if there's anything that had really, I, I was trying to pull, I was trying to follow them. Once we get into the questions, I might've missed some. Um, I don't know if we, I have don't think we, can always, we, we can always come back and we can right. always find some questions, but so just to say, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure and you will always be a friend of Spay. And we love all the guys in the U.S. market, and we will keep bringing Spay to the U.S. and around the world. Amen to We that. appreciate Cheers. it. Thank you, Patricia. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. So to everybody out there in virtual land, what did you guys think? I, I think for our first Sunday show, we had a really interesting topic and an even better guest. I was super Absolutely. excited about being able Definitely. to spend time with Patricia. But future Sundays. This is the, the bat channel and the bat time, right? Yeah. So this is, uh, this is us going forward 2 PM so, Sundays. Um, we're, we're going to have, depending on the Sunday, there'll be a little bit different lineup, but for the most part, you know, we may throw some reviews in there. We're definitely going to have more guests, right? So we're looking forward to having all of you join us, uh, every Sunday, two o'clock, hoping to get, see more of you on the other side of the pond over in the European market. I, hopefully this time works for you all because, uh, we, we want you to be a part of the journey and the conversation. Uh, with that being said, we are not giving up on Thursday nights yet. That is for our patrons only. Uh, we are planning to meet with our patrons on Thursday evening. Have some fun with them. It's a little bit more lighthearted. Pour a and more and we're going to be talking about what's going on on the Sunday show and right. who's going to be joining us, the guest. And get to be a part you get to of be the... involved in writing the questions, asking about right. the interview. So it, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And they're the ones that are participating in like the blind blend challenge or our scotch swap yep. so that's so what we're doing out. all that we have a lot of fun with yeah, it. I mean, last thursday we put together a whole list of topics for future sundays so yep. all right great. so check us out on patreon hopefully you enjoyed the show hit subscribe like smash the notification i don't know all, all that, that. Good stuff we'll see you next week happy all sunday everybody right. cheers, cheers guys